I apologize for the lateness of this podcast episode. The newest addition to our family decided to extend his stay an extra week. That is, until he got evicted. <laughs> so I've been enjoying cuddles and trying to figure out how to fit in these podcast recordings with a three-year-old and a newborn. So if you have any tips, let me know. Also apologize for the sound quality of this podcast. My laptop this week went kaput. So I'm having to record on my phone for right now. So I apologize for that and thank you for your patience. Um, so this episode... It won't be focused on how to diet, but I felt compelled to talk about my recent birthing experience. My whole passion for learning, as I've said before, is about God's intelligent design, and it really started when I was pregnant with our first son, and I've actually learned most about God's design for the body from my pregnancies and birthing experiences. I know I've only had two kids, so I'm no expert. But there are some things I would have liked to know when I was pregnant with my first and doing a natural birth. So let's talk about what I would have liked to know. Number one, and I'd say this is the number one because I just recently learned this from pregnancy and delivery of my second son. So number one, you need a healthy fear of and deep respect for the birthing process. So when I was pregnant with my first, my focus was on how to have a quick and easy birth. I think most of us are that way. However, with my second, um, after the delivery process, I actually realized how sacred the birthing process is and even how sacred pregnancy is. And we often take that for granted. So when you are pregnant, you're bringing new life into the world. If you take this for granted, it could harm your baby or you. So I took this for granted with my first. Thankfully, he was only 7 pounds and 14 ounces, and pushing him out was super easy. Um, Relative, shall I say, relative to this second birth of my son, who was 9 pounds, 15 ounces, and pushing him out was the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, I've done sports and sports had nothing on how difficult this, uh, the pushing stage was of my labor. And furthermore, sports, if you fail in sports, they, it, you don't have the serious consequences that if you fail in labor. And fail in labor sounds really dramatic, but uh, it, that's a reality of getting tired during labor and just giving, you know, feeling like you need to give up. So I don't mean to scare you here, but I do want to wake you up to the stakes that come with pregnancy and the birthing process. Your baby's life is on the line here as well as your own, and I cannot stress that enough. A long labor can be dangerous for you and your baby. A long pushing stage can be dangerous for your baby. So once your baby is in the birth canal... You have a limited time to push your baby out. And I don't want to list all the things that could go wrong with labor because my point here is not to freak you out. My point is for you to give pregnancy and birthing the respect it deserves so you can move forward with the healthy fear of them both so that you feel motivated to prepare your body, prepare yourself for What's to come? So for pregnancy, do what you need to do so that you your baby can be healthy and ready for labor. And then for you to prepare also for labor to go smoothly and um, without any problems on your end that could have been prevented. 
And that gets me to number two of one thing of one of the things I wish I learned with my first was you've got to prepare. So I did pretty good about preparing with my first. Uh, the second, not so much. My second labor um, actually waited too long to prepare, which I'll talk about this a little later. But what I realized was so often we want to be pregnant so badly that we don't count the cost of the changes we'll need to make to honor God's blessing of a baby and to prepare our bodies for what's coming. You know, what we eat and drink will affect the baby in our womb. What we expose ourselves to during pregnancy and nursing will affect the baby. Whether we have the baby as God designed or not will affect the baby. Whether you nurse your baby or not will affect the baby. Now, I do want to caveat here. Sometimes things don't go as planned. You know, a C-section may be medically necessary, or you may have to use formula instead of breast milk. There is a place for these things, and we need to prepare to change plans in response to what's best for the baby and for you. However, I do believe that if you do the prep work, so you get your body healthy by returning to God's design before getting pregnant. You eat well during pregnancy. You do stretches to prepare the uterus and pelvis for birthing. Then you will decrease your chances of needing medical intervention and increase your chances of having a smooth delivery and a healthy baby. The key here is to let your healthy fear of the birthing process motivate you to do what it takes to protect and nurture protect and nurture the sacred life God has given you. I mean, he has put a sacred life into your care, into the care of your husband. And it is so essential to treat it as a sacred life. I like to think of labor as a marathon. So you wouldn't show up to a marathon without training or, you know, months of having a diet that's not at all supportive of running. You must prepare for that marathon or else you won't be able to complete it. The same goes with labor. You must do the work to prepare your baby and your body for labor or else you won't, you won't be able to have a smooth natural birth. Um, You'll need medical interventions. And if that's not what you want, then you've got to put in the work. So that's what I've seen in with the medical field. The medical field has conveniences. Well, they have those conveniences and it kind of makes us lazy that we don't have to do anything. We can just get pregnant and then show up at the hospital and the doctors do what they have to do to get the baby out. And we don't have to worry about it. However, if you're going the natural birthing way, then the trade-off for not using those medical interventions is that you've got to do the work. Ultimately, I want you to have hope here. Though there are things that can go wrong before, during, and after labor, God has given us ways to prepare ourselves and our baby for the birthing process. We can only focus on the ways he has given us to prepare, and all else must be left to him. He is sovereign, and as Jesus said in Matthew 6, we are not to worry about tomorrow, for today holds enough troubles of its own. I mean, really, as he also has said, who can add one hour to his life by worrying? We can't. And so all we can do is be faithful to what God has given us and given us responsibility over the ways we can prepare ourselves and then trust God that everything else is in his hands. Now, whatever the outcome, whether you know, there's fruit at the end where you get a baby, you know, your baby's born healthy or on, on one end of the spectrum or on the other end, the baby uh, for some reason passes away. 
wherever on that spectrum, God is good and you can trust him. And he, like he's God, he is sovereign and he is in control and he does things for his, his glory, not our glory. And so we've got to trust that and just be faithful to fulfill the roles that he's given us, um, be, you know, treating the life within us as if it's sacred and not taking it for granted because there are plenty of women out there who can't have kids and uh, would love to have that opportunity. And we'd be, we'd be taken advantage of the life that we've been given if we don't treat it as it's sacred, the sacred thing that it really is, you know, a baby really is. So all that to say, you're preparing, you're preparing for labor. And then I'd say number three, once labor begins, what I wish I'd, I'd known is to listen to your body. This is critical during labor. Listen to your body. It starts, I mean, listening to your body can be, can start like now. You don't even have to be pregnant or it could be after you, you just had a baby. There's never a moment where it's not okay to listen to your body. It's a great thing to be aware of how your body functions normally and to catch when things are off or you're feeling like, oh, I've been sitting for a while. I need to get up and do a squat. That would really help my tailbone feel better. Whatever. Uh, listening to your body, being aware of things going on. Um, I wouldn't say mindful. I don't really care for the mindfulness movement because that's a little bit more of unlocking um, yourself to elevate, elevate to um, a higher chakra. I don't know. Mindfulness can kind of get a little uh, pagan, shall we say. So I like to pull back from that. Uh, for me, it's just listen to your body. It's important to know when things are off. It's important to notice these things in your loved ones that you live with. Uh, just being aware of uh, how your body functions normally and when something's wrong or when you need to do something. Just being paying attention to those cues. Now, when it comes to labor, doing exercises to stretch your pelvis and uterus is great for preparing for labor. This is how you can learn your body. When you start doing these exercises, you can see how you feel and uh, you can even have relief of pain by doing these exercises. So learning your body in this way is great. I did exercises from spinning babies all through my first pregnancy. You know, that birth took only eight hours from when my water broke until when our son was here. Now with my second, I was not diligent with daily exercises. And I mean, this past year, we've been out of our house with our renovation. If you've been following along with that, and that has been crazy. So our diet and lifestyle has been all over the place because we lived in three different places. Nonetheless, okay, I did not, it was not diligent to do my exercises. And it wasn't until I hit 39 weeks when I realized, ooh, I better be getting on these exercises. So I started doing that, doing a little more intentional exercises, stretching the pelvis and the uterus and getting the baby in the right position. And praise God for that because... Baby boy was nine pounds and 15 ounces. Okay. Now the second birth only took three hours and 45 minutes from when I started having painful contractions to when he was born. So it was intense. It was lightning fast. And that might sound great, but it was very painful because it was so intense. 
with that labor, so with my most recent labor, I was way more prepared with exercises to progress labor and get baby in the right position for labor. I studied up on, okay, how do we, like when I stall at five centimeters, what what exercises do I need to do? If I stall at seven, ce- seven centimeters, what do I need to do? What about, you know, labor's not starting and I need help getting it started. I feel like my body's ready, but I need help getting it started. What are some exercises I can do? So I really got into that knowledge side of figuring out, okay, what exercises are there? I practiced those exercises. So when the time came during labor, it would be more instinctual. I knew how to get in those positions and do those exercises. Uh, you know, this this time around, it really was I had the knowledge of what exercises or positions were best for which stage of labor. And I didn't have that with the first one. And I think that's why it took eight hours versus this one was three hours and 45 minutes. Um, yeah, spinning babies was seriously one of the major keys to the speed of both of my labors. And I don't get paid for spinning babies, but I highly recommend that company or a similar company that can teach you how the body tries to position the baby during labor so that you can, just so you can help it. Sometimes your body just needs some help getting the baby in the right position. And that's the key to natural birth is uh, letting letting your body get the baby in the right position and sometimes you know, helping it. If it's stuck, like if the baby's kind of stuck in the wrong position, uh, there are things you can do to help the body move that move your baby. And that is so great. And if you want a smooth labor, I really do believe that it's key to having a smooth, smooth labor, doing these exercises to stretch the pelvis and uterus. Um, so another key that I really, really... Uh, believe was listening to my body. So being aware of how I needed to move and when and knowing when I was ready to push. So all of this comes naturally. If you haven't done this before, don't be scared. Birthing comes with a primal instinct where your mind gets in the game and you just know in the moment what you need to do. And But it takes practice of listening to your body and that starts now. I do want to stress one thing. When you move towards the end of labor, make sure you're having a strong urge to push before you start pushing. Like I said before, there's a time limit once the baby enters the birth canal. So you need those strong contractions that come with the pushing stage to safely get the baby out. When you're in the middle of labor, sometimes the pain is so excruciating that you just want to push through. And, you know, I'm guilty of this with the second. It was so intense and so painful that I just wanted to push through all of it and, you know, push through, no pun intended, but get through the, the labor as fast as I could get this baby out because it was painful. But... You know, breathing through those contractions, you know, letting your body get ripen in a sense and get in in the stage where it's ready for you to push. So these contractions are trying to move the baby down into your pelvis on the cervix so that the baby can come through the cervix in the birth canal and out safely. And so if you jump start that, if you try to to start pushing before your body's ready. Uh, before the baby's in the right position, it can cause major complications. And I think this is where we see a lot of major complications with birth today is that we tend to speed up 
certain stages of labor. But if when we do that, it doesn't allow the contractions to move the baby in the right position, and then you end up pushing the baby out in the wrong position. And this is where you get back labor and all sorts of other issues. So to prevent that, you listen to your body. You know, don't rush into the next stage of labor before your body and your baby are ready. So this may all sound overwhelming, but I want you to remember this one thing. When labor starts for you, trust your instincts. And that actually leads me to this next point and the last point. Number four, it's okay to need help. Sometimes you may need a little help getting things going with labor. With my most recent labor, I definitely needed help. I actually felt as if my body was ready five days before he was actually born. But for reasons I now know but didn't know then, I'm convinced my body couldn't get labor to start. It felt as if my start labor button was broken, like my starter was broken. And it was so frustrating because I felt like my body was trying to position him correctly. But it just could not do it. Now, I'm not one to agree to outside interventions like herbs or Pitocin, and it's really difficult for me to accept help, but I prayed, trusted my gut, and with this last labor, I took some herbs to jumpstart it. After a few rounds of herbs, I lost my mucus plug. Might be TMI, sorry. You'll figure that out eventually if this is your first birth. Um, But I learned that I had a posterior cervix. And I was told I needed to wait for the cervix to move. And I am not one to just wait. So I actually looked up my own exercises and um, found one on spinning babies. And I started doing it once I started having painful contractions. And it actually, (laughs) my amazing husband, he was so great. He helped me do the exercises. And we did it for 30 minutes. And then I waited 30 more minutes. I was having pretty strong contractions at this point. And uh, in, in an hour, I was four centimeters dilated and my cervix had moved. So praise God for that. But really, I, I had to take the herbs. And I'm not one to take herbs like that. I'm not one to um, kind of force, use external means to quicken labor. Because I really believe that labor will proceed naturally once your baby's in the right position and your body's ready. Now, I felt like my body was ready, so it made me think that maybe the baby was in the best position. And so I really did not like to take the herbs, but I prayed and I felt in my gut that I didn't think I could go another week or so waiting for the baby to get in the right position, that something might be off or I don't know. I just felt as if I needed to get labor, the painful contractions of labor started, and maybe that would move the baby in the correct position for birthing. It turns out I was right because when I found out I had posterior cervix, which I didn't know when I started taking the herbs, I realized I needed my body to start moving towards labor and having those painful contractions because he was 9 pounds, 15 ounces. And for my size, that was massive. And my body was not able to position my cervix under his head so he could help dilate me. And so I needed those painful contractions. I did the exercise exercises I needed to to allow my cervix to move forward and three hours later, he was born, which was, you know, praise God for that, seriously. So I 
I think a big part of the consequences for myself is that I didn't do the exercises. I was not diligent to do my daily exercises to get baby boy in the right position. And I waited till 39 weeks, which I would not recommend it. Um, but for it was a decision I had made for our own reasons. I waited to do the exercises way late when baby had already kind of gotten used to being on my right side, but I needed to get him on my left. And then on top of that, the five days before he was born, and I felt like my body was ready, but he wasn't. So I started doing the exercises. Every time I would finally get him to move to the left, it would I would have uh, Braxton Hicks pretty strong. I mean, they were not painful contractions, but I was starting to have some. And then I felt as if, oh, you know, labor's probably going to be any time now. But then I would, it'd be at night, so I'd go to sleep and wake up in the morning. And then a few hours later, he would move back to the right side. And so it was so frustrating. So with the herbs, I was able to get to the point where I was having painful contractions and then have, you know, be able to use those contractions to move him. So all this to say, I'm using my experience because I'm very hard-headed and stubborn about getting external help. I mean, it really felt as if I was forcing my own way with labor, and I did not feel right about it. But when it came down to it, I prayed, I talked about it with my husband, I sought counsel, and I felt as if I needed the extra help. And that's okay. Sometimes we need help to get things going. You know, I would have loved to go into labor on my own with my second, but I made a judgment call and I'm glad I did. So in the end, you're going to have to ask God for wisdom and to have grace over your labor and then trust your gut. If you do need help getting labor started, don't feel guilty. You can still have a natural birth and a smooth delivery with a little help from herbs or castor oil if necessary. I think the key really is that your heart is in the right place when you do ask for help, that you're not forcing your own way, but really do feel like you need the help. I, you know, I could go on and on with this episode, so I'm going to stop here before it gets too much longer. So I hope this makes up for me missing the last two episodes. If you have any questions or want to share your own birth story, uh, I would love to hear that. So click in the show notes link Uh, below in the description and leave me a comment on that page. I'm going to read them and respond to you. I want to hear about your birth story or if you have any concerns or fears, any of that, um, share on that page so we can all encourage each other. I'd really love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening.